Welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Since there's so many of you. <laughs> Welcome to the program. My name is Jesse Peterson uh, with an S-O-N and no I. Jesse. Um, we were supposed to have another kind of a show. We, we were having a rap group here today, uh, rapping for Jesus, but they didn't have enough money to make it here, so... We had to do something else for this first half hour for this night, Monday night. So what we're going to do for this next first show this month is to talk about bond and give you some idea of what we're all about and, and how you can get involved, if you would like, to be a part of this organization. Um, <clears throat> we have some audience members that are going to testify to some of the things that we're about. And so whatever you guys want to have some input, just let me know. And uh Acknowledge you, all right? Um, Bond is the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And the purpose of Bond is to rebuild a family by rebuilding the man. Um, I am convinced that nothing is going to change in the family and in this society until men come back to their proper state of being. Uh, men are weak. Uh, uh, they are spiritually, spiritually lost. They don't have that mindset of God. They don't have the consciousness of God. They are very emotional. They uh, operate and think like women. They're very insecure and doubtful. They are looking to someone else to make decisions for them. They are not able to deal with the issues of life in the proper manner. They're not able to stand, uh, uh, stand for goodness sake, stand for goodness, for what is right. Uh, so what we're doing at Bond is looking at how did that happen, what went wrong, how is it that uh, men have lost their proper state of being. Uh, we examine those issues so that we believe that if men could see what went wrong, then they can overcome it. That's our main purpose. We also have um, entrepreneur program, mentor program, big brother programs, and things like that. Those things are secondary. They are important, but they're secondary to us because we feel that a man should be the leader of his own life, should be a leader of his family. And if he wake up, he can then bring his family back to order. So we have to get them to wake up. And also, we feel that in the black community, it is time out for leaders. Black people no longer need leaders. They need to be leaders of their own lives, and especially men. We want to send out a warning to people like Maxine Waters, the Jesse Jackson, Reverend Murray, uh, First AME Church, uh, um, Bishop Blake, um, Al Shopners, all the the so-called preachers uh, who have not who have not been called by God, but called by their mothers. Time is out. Black men are going to be began to search their own heart for God and find them for themselves, because. Not only in this city, but across the country, uh, people have been, mis have been misled by the ministers as well. There's a notion in the black community that you can't find God unless you go to church. And you can't hear from God unless you go to church. We began to wonder who, who is leading the people at the church. How come God will only talk to a preacher and he won't talk to other men? So it's time out for that, all right? Uh, what else? We, um, we have counseling programs. 
We are now a national organization. We're five years old. We will be six years old come February of 1996. Uh, I think that's it as far as what, who we are and what we're about. Uh, we have meetings right now every Sunday morning at uh, 230 West Florence Avenue in Inglewood. 230 West Florence Avenue in Inglewood. And all are invited uh, uh, for now. Uh, at 10.30 a.m., 10.30. I'm trying to think as I go. Am I leaving out anything? Am I leaving out anything, Charles? About who we are, what we do? You can say that in the mic. Oh, okay. We are located right now in California, Oregon, um, Michigan, Alabama, and in the process of Indiana and Washington, D.C. right now. So have I left out anything about what we're about? One thing I appreciate about Bond, you know, Bond tells us to be self-sufficient, not dependent on, not uh, blaming a white man for everything. Yeah. You know, we can work for ourselves, we can take care of ourselves, be responsible for our own actions. That's one thing. And uh, I am be a sick. man in your own family, not, you know, being in, being in charge of your family, uh, uh, like, again, being responsible for your own actions and not blaming it on others. I am sick and tired of black people blaming white folks. I am sick and tired of the word racism. It is time out for that word. Uh, another thing that we deal with, too, is the emotional condition of black people, and all people, but especially blacks, because blacks are very hateful. They have a lot of hatred in their hearts. They have a lot of uh, judgment, even those that go to church, and especially those that go to church. And if you doubt that, I want you to, to examine yourself and then look at your families. Uh, everybody and their mama in the black community go to church. Everybody and their mama in the, within the black community know the Bible. They can quote that Bible upside down, in and out, and yet they're impatient with their family, with their children. Women hate men. Men don't know how to deal with the, the wives. The children are on drugs. Homosexuals, uh, gangsters, uh, every everything you can think of is uh, is going on in those families, and yet we name and claim God. Something is wrong. We are afraid to examine that. Uh, we are afraid to question God because we have been told not to question God. Don't question the preacher. I challenge you. That remind me. I challenge you to question your pastor when you go to church after you see this program. I want you to go to your church and say, Reverend so-and-so, ask Reverend Murray, for example, why do you pass out condoms in the church if God is self-control and not condom control? Uh, why is it that we never get a chance to ask you questions? If you notice, you cannot ask your ministers questions, real things. When you do have a pastor's breakfast, the only thing that you're allowed to ask is, what is your last name? How did you get that name? Uh, how long, I mean, how long have you been a preacher? Something stupid. Nothing real. You know what I'm saying? You're not allowed to do that within the black community. It's a shame. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel all across this country within the last six years, and my heart is saddened at the black community, the state, uh, the condition of the black people, and white people, too, because... There was a time when there were a time when uh, 
black people loved America. They believed strong. I mean, white people loved America. They they believed strongly in family values, and they would stand up and fight for this country. They are now cowards. They have cowered down to this notion that if they stand up, that they are racist. They are afraid of being called racist. So as a result, the wicked blacks, because not all blacks are wicked. There are some good ones like us, but not all wicked. But those that are, you know, people like Maxine and Jesse and the minister, the black ministers in the community, uh, because we have not dealt with them in the proper fashion, that wicked stuff is now spreading throughout the country. And that's how evil works. If you don't deal with evil in the proper manner, it will spread. So we're going to deal, we'll deal with that. But what I want to say is that I've traveled all across the country, and it seems to me that all blacks, or nearly most of them, went to the same school. We complain about the same thing, things. We say the same words about it. It's like the words are exactly the same. Our reaction to things or exactly the same, the same. The way we feel about church, churches are the same. We're afraid to stand up to people in church, the ministers. Our family lives are the same. It's like we went to the same school. And I have to tell you, it's a sad affair. It, it's just total destruction everywhere. Uh, blacks hate the truth. Not all, but most. Most black people hate the truth. They hate the truth. Isn't that right, guys? Anybody disagree? What do you think about that, Horace? I think um, yeah, personal for myself. It's like speaking to the mic for me, all right? Yeah. Are you like nervous? Counter ten. Mine's why did I feel phone Speaking to the mic. Okay. Personal for myself, really. I've been, you know, it's like I've I've known Bond for six months. And hold the mic to you. We need you to hold it. Yeah. You know, like I'm eating it. Okay. Yeah. I've known Bond for six months, and you know most of the things that I've, all the things I've been taught are, I know if I apply them to my life, then you know everything will just work out fine. So, yeah. you know, it's like I just gotta stick with it, really, and just you know follow the truth. What do you think about American blacks? Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, as a Jamaican, you know, it's like I see a black Jamaican. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, it's we like. I think, you know, they, you know, they, I wish if they had the opportunity, you know, they have the opportunity. I wish if they travel, they could travel to see what other blacks are like, you know, what their lives are like. Yeah. And if they do, I guarantee that, you know, they would, you know, come back here and appreciate this country, work hard, change their life and everything, because this is the greatest country in the world. Absolutely. I mean, they always say, you know, when I, when I just came from Jamaica, it's like, this is America. If it doesn't make you, it breaks you. You have a choice whether you want to be break or make. Yeah. You make a very interesting point. And that point is uh, they need to learn to appreciate America. Right. They don't appreciate it. They're just murmuring and complaining and begging and whining and wimping, and they don't realize what they have. I thank God that they tied us down to the boat and forced us to come. Right, but another thing again <laughs> I must say is like, you know, I've been, I've been being in touch with so many grumblers, you know, blacks. You know, it's like, I'm going to say, you guys, you blacks were 
the lucky ones on the boat. Yeah. I mean, you're the lucky ones. That's right. You're the lucky ones. I thank God because yeah. we wouldn't have had sense enough to come on our own. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's had true. The yeah. Or we would have been late for the boat. Right. Let's say the boat had come normally right. to pick us up, we would not have been on time. Uh, yeah. So they had to come and force us to get on right. and make us stay there. So I appreciate that because I would not want to be anywhere else but here from this point. That's true. Thanks, Horace. You're welcome. Appreciate it. It wasn't so bad, huh? I know. Yeah. Another thing, too, it is abnormal for a man to have a leader. I have to say that again. It is abnormal for a man to have a leader. Your wife shouldn't be your leader. Your preacher shouldn't be your leader. Your politician should not be your leader. Your politician, after you vote for him, should represent what you're about and make sure that those orders are carried out because he or she represents you. But they should not be your leaders. Blacks are the only one on this earth who believes in leaders, who think that they need somebody to lead their lives. It is abnormal. Let the leader go. It's a sin because most of you say that you believe in the Bible, but yet you omit the verse that says, man shall have no other God before him. And when you allow someone else to be your leader, that person is your God, and you're now subject to that person. And as long as you're subject to that person, you can never, ever be free. All right? So if you want to be a free man, get rid of of your leaders like yesterday. Get rid of and tell those bombs to go to hell. Um, Cause they're bombs. Anybody that wants to lead your, your life, anyone that wants to be your leader is a bomb. He's a deceiver. We saw a, a good example of that in Washington, D.C. with the uh, Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan. I noticed that white people say Farrakhan and blacks say Farrakhan. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Mark? Is Farrakhan or Farrakhan? Well, I guess you said it's Farrakhan. If you, I mean, if you're white, where is it? It's Farrakhan when you're white. Okay, if you're white, then it's Farrakhan. <laughs> if you're black, you're Farrakhan. Oh. It's the same thing. <laughs> Who do you think about Bond? What do I think about Bond? Yes, sir. Well, I've been involved for a little while. When I first came A here, little while? How long? It's been about two years now. Oh, that's a very little while. Yeah, and I've had the opportunity to work, too. Um, I think uh, one of the greatest impacts that it had on me is that it made me think about, you know, our own family life, the life that I had with my own family. And um, as a result of that, just thinking about how we treat one another, we see that um, most of the things that we learn as we go out into the world, we start in our own families. And we end up more or less treating the people like we do our members outside. And I always thought it was strange that it's... um, almost easier to be nicer to people that you don't know. And yet there are people that, you know, just say that they care about their family and they treat them horribly. And then they would go out and um, treat strangers better than they would their own family members. I always thought that was strange. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's what I want to say. So are you becoming a man? Am I becoming a man? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm working hard. I'm taking uh, control of my life. I'm happy about working and happy about... Um, doing the things that I want to do now. Before, I didn't really know what it is that I wanted to do. I was kind of like just going along. Yeah. And, um, you know, responsibility, it requires work. It requires effort. But 
you know, everybody has to do it, and I'm willing to take on that now. That's right. That's a good point. There's something good about working. Black folk, get up and go to work. Please go to work. Get off the welfare and go to work. We're going to take a break and be back in a moment. All right. What? How tough is it to generate your own Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. Rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. For more information, call us toll free 1 800 411 Bond. That's 1 800 411 B O N D. Okay, we are back and we are talking about Bond tonight. What we're about, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. We are five years old. We are a, a men who believe that the man should be the head, God, Jesus, man, woman, and children. We believe that we should live the life and not just talk about it. We believe that we should have no other leader uh, uh, before God, that God should be the leader, leader of our lives, and that we have the Holy Spirit within us. We believe that it is impossible to know God and sin. Uh, I hear a lot of preachers teaching their congregation that you can know God and yet sin, and all you have to do is just repent. You know, go screw, screw the neighbor tonight and get up and, and repent, and then go tomorrow night and screw the next neighbor and repent again. And you got, you, you know, he's given us the ability to just sin and repent. I want you to know that's a lie. If you read uh, in, in many areas of the Bible, but one that comes to mind is First John, it says that if a man says that he know God and he sins, he is a lie and the truth is not in him. So if you are sinning, whether you're excusing it or not, rationalize it by saying that I can sin and repent, you lie and the truth is not in you. And I guarantee you have no peace in your life. You're not going to ever have peace until you overcome sin. I mean, that was the whole purpose of Jesus Christ. It is crazy to me that you allow your minister to teach you that it's okay to sin when Jesus came to save us from sin. What did he come for? for? If it just, I mean, why did he sacrifice his life if it's okay for us to sin? It seemed to me it was a waste. Your preachers are lying to you. All of them are lying when they tell you that you can't be perfect. The Bible said, be ye perfect. And when you find salvation, when you cross over to salvation, you're no longer repeating uh, your sinful life, you're constantly overcoming. As you see it, you're overcoming. You're not doing it over. And if you are repeating sin, you don't know God. I can't find any other word to say except for that. You don't know God. You're living a lie. And tell your pastor that Jesse Peterson said it, by the way. Um, I want to ask Mirabai, mm -hmm. what do you think about Bond? How long have you been with Bond? Um, let's see, a year and three months. All right. I didn't realize it had been that long. Uh, last June. What's your impression of Bond? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I've been learning a lot, getting bashed a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean getting bashed? Uh, well, of course, as a woman, what's our nature to be dominant? And here's Bond telling us not to be. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so um, what do you mean about that? So I can explain it. Huh. Uh, oh. There's this warfare going on between man and woman. And the man has no clue as to what is going on or how to deal with it. Women are uh, envies, uh, jealous of man. They, they, they're always trying to keep man away from God by keeping the attention focused on her. 
and then men are so weak, uh, and it has a lot to do with the way we come into the wor world. We like come from women, so we need her for a while, but they keep going back to the woman thinking that somehow or another they're going to find salvation through her. And uh, so what we're trying to do at Bond is to get men to understand their relationship with women and how to overcome it. Is that right? Right. And, and women are very cunning, too. Oh, yeah, very. very. Uh, so it's like without Bond, I think I'd be on the wrong road because I'd do opposite. But now at least I can see what is right for me to do as a woman when before it was like I had no clue yeah. and there was I was just living my life and thought it was okay yeah and it's a different mindset now absolutely because I can freedom. see when I'm doing wrong and or see you know in the situation that I did wrong otherwise it was just day to day and I'm doing what a woman's supposed to do <laughs> and deceive <laughs> and uh, be dominant and ugh. What would have my life would have been, or my husband would have died, or something, <laughs> if I kept going the way I am. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you save my husband. <laughs> uh, a lot of women, <laughs> a lot of women killing men before yeah, time. Yeah, I would that's have why, killed him. That's why women last, live longer than men because oh, they yeah. drive men to the grave uh, yeah. before oh, yeah. time. Did you know that, Char? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Oh, yeah. I want to. I want to ask Kent, and then I want to talk about how to to uh, find God after I ask your impression of Bond. How long have you been with Bond? I've been with Bond for four years. Really? Yes. Man, you've been a headache for a long time. <laughs> no, As you can see, I used to be black. <laughs> <laughs> What's your impression of Bond? Well, my impression of Bond is that the principles are simple. Why are you leaning out to the mic? You can bring the mic up to you. The principles are the principles are simple. I feel like I got that one of those stands, and I got to lean down. And talk to it. Anyway, the principles are simple. If you look at yourself, and you are quiet, at least once or twice a day, you're going to see things about yourself, and you're going to be free from some of the things that are going on in your life. That's right. I think one of the problems that goes on in this world is not many people are willing to look at themselves. Yes. And then they're and then they're doubly not willing to just sit there. So it's a pretty simple answer to some complicating questions. That's a good point, and that leads into what I want to say. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about how to find God, just a little bit about it in the last few minutes that we have. And if you guys have input, just you know, let me know. But um, I uh, I was born a Baptist, and and I was born a Democrat, and I do repent of that. Forgive me for that. I couldn't help it. It was my grandmother's mom's fault. But um, I, I went to church all my life. I'm 46 now, and up until the age of 37, I went to church all my life. I hooped, and I hollered, and I prayed, and I begged God to save me from this torment that I had within myself. I studied the Bible up and down because they told me to pray harder and study the Bible more come to church more. So I began to, the last church I attended was uh, Crenshaw Christian Center. And uh, I used to go to church every Monday night, Friday night, uh, Sunday morning, and then sometime on Saturday to men's fellowship. And then sometime on Wednesday, if they had, uh, you know, a, a, a speaker that I liked. I remember they had this woman, Bam, she used to uh, I, uh, be a minister there. She used to preached there on, on Monday nights, and I used to go to hear her. I can't believe I was so crazy. 
I cannot believe I was that crazy. I realize now that a woman should never be a minister in the church. But at the time, I was foolish, I was blind, and I was following my minister, and I didn't know any better. That's another thing we're going to talk about. Why is it that black ministers, well, not just black, but why are preachers allowing women to be preachers in the church? That is the most craziest thing that ever happened in this country, and uh, we're going to deal with that. But um, so I used to go to church. I used to hoop and holler and pray, and I got up early in the morning and prayed in other tongues because over at Crenshaw they teach you to they teach you to pray in other tongues. You don't know what you're saying, but they teach you to do it. So I used to get up every morning and do it. Nothing worked. The more I prayed, the more sex I had, the worse I got. The more drugs I used, the worse I got. And I did everything the preacher said. Finally, one day, um, uh, the Bible says that we should be still and know God. Go into our prayer closet, be still and know him. Shut up, stop whimping and whining and begging. Just be still and let the truth catch up with you. You don't have to ask. You already know your need before you ask. Your needs before you ask. So what I did this particular day, I got up and I didn't ask anything. I sat still and I allowed the truth to catch up with me. And when the truth caught up with me, it caused me to see what was wrong. The hatred that was within me. The hatred for my father that I didn't know I had. The resentment for my mother for hating my father and passing on her and, and uh, resentment to me. Uh, the way I dealt with the world, I began to see that. And seeing that caused me to repent. And, and after repentant, repentance, I began to get on with life. I can now see. I'm not blind. I can see good and evil. And in seeing good and evil, I am able to resist evil. And being able to resist evil, it is impossible to sin. You will not find God by hooping and hollering and begging. You need to be still and know him. Sit still and allow the truth to catch up with, with you. The hardest thing in the world for people to do, as Kent was saying earlier, is for people to sit still and allow the truth to catch up with them. They can't stand the anxiety, the pressure that comes upon them when they are still. What they would do, they would run to the Bible, or they would run to a preacher, they would run to drugs, they would run to sex, they would listen to music, they get on the phone, they do anything to avoid the truth. And your life will not change until you sit still and allow the truth to catch up with you. And the truth is where God is. He's right now. He's in the moment. He's trying to catch up with you. But you must be still and know him. Just shut up and let it be. Our phone number is, uh, I believe it's on the screen, but uh, it's 310-419-0019. And again, we meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at 230 West Florence Avenue in Inglewood. All are invited. Black, white, um, Hispanics or Mexicans or Jews or Gentiles, male and female. You're invited, young and old. And I absolutely guarantee you that you will not be the same. You will come one way and leave another one. You will leave free if you want to be free. I appreciate your time. Tell somebody about the show, and I'll see you next Monday night. Understand what went wrong I know we can find
can find.